what we're telling our customers is that we can help you make uh, work more human. And first is really putting empathy at the forefront of the employee experience. It's up to HR to kind of work with leadership and create this human experience. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. Good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, it's Ben Eubanks, host of We're Only Human, and I'm glad to have you here today with us. It's going to be a good conversation, and I am excited to dive into this topic. So if the last four months have taught us anything, it's that agility matters, right? Things change, things we don't expect, and we've got to be able to respond to those, and being flexible to meet those challenges is is critical, not just to surviving, but to thriving, which was our homeschool uh, word of the day today for our fifth graders is thriving. So today I have with me, Manjal Munshi, we're going to dive into this topic. We're going to talk through agility, we're talking about HR technology, a couple of different things in the discussion. So Manjal, welcome to the conversation, sir. Hey, nice to be here. Absolutely. So to kick us off, talk a little about, before we kick this topic off, tell us a little about who you are and what you do, sir. Yeah, absolutely. So I work in the product marketing group here at Oracle, and I cover the cloud HCM products and solutions. Uh, I'm based out of the San Francisco Bay Area, and I'm an avid Warriors and 49ers fan. So excited for the football season kickoff here. (laughs) And for those of you that are not familiar with our product, over the past nine years, Oracle has built our solution natively for the cloud from the ground up. And this is separate from anything like people saw for the e-business applications you may have seen in the past. It has everything that you need in one unified solution and connects every HR process, recruiting, global HR, talent management, and workforce management. Um, Prior to Oracle, I spent five plus years on the cloud infrastructure side, so I'm really familiar on the IT side, as well as the data center side. And I worked across a range of roles there, including product marketing, sales, business development, And then I also spent uh, four plus years in consulting where I did lots of stuff with technology companies on licensing enforcement and go-to-market strategy. And over the course of my career, I've come to really realize that I'm really passionate about cloud-based innovation. I love seeing how it's transformed businesses for the IT. And now I'm getting a real in-depth look at how HR is going through things, and especially the crash course like the pandemic that's been happening. Seeing the evolution of HR and how people are using the tools has just been eye-opening for me. That's fun for me to hear as someone who spent, who's steep on the HR side and not as heavy on the IT. I've, I blend over into the technology side because it's what I'm excited about, what, what gets me up in the morning. I'm, just, I'm a little bit uh, geeky that way to see what the technology is doing. So it's fun to have this conversation and talk to you from understanding that and you're blending over into the HR side. So there'll be fun discussion. Um, before we actually dive in, one of the things we talked about before we actually hit the record button for everybody else that missed that, obviously before recording, was we were talking about some of the weather and some of the things that are happening. I normally don't go into weather, but the fires in California, you said it's actually changing what the sky looks like. Can you describe that for just one second? Because I want to capture this moment because uh, I think it's just interesting and eerie and unique. Yeah, so outside my window, it actually looks like the apocalypse right now. It literally looks like a permanent sepia filter. It's like the yellow brownish filter you've probably seen on Instagram. But Mm -hmm. yeah, honestly, like it took the sunlight an extra hour to come through this morning. There's almost no light in my house, despite it being almost noon Pacific time. 
and like all the lights are on in my house just so I can see and read and things like that. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, right now the fires have created an ash layer and below the ash layer is the marine layer and then uh, below it is, you know, where we're sitting. So it's not really smoky, but it is very like dark and ominous outside. So very interesting day to have this. You'll never ever forget the podcast recording day. I, I just wanted to submit that. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the things that we're going to talk about today is this idea of organizational agility. And I want to talk about what it is, why it matters. And actually, I'm going to kick the ball over to you a little bit. Let's just set the stage for everybody because you and I have been having this discussion behind the scenes. We actually had a webinar a few weeks ago that that was a tremendous conversation. We dove, dove into this. We talked about some of the research, the data there. I'd love for us to level set for everybody else because it's one of those things that's okay. It's easy for that to become a buzzword. Talk about organizational agility. But I want to hear from you. Why should we talk about this? What is it? Why does it matter? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's before we dive into what organizational agility is, it, it, I think we should really level set on what it is we're up against right now. The past few months have been devastating for our people across the globe. It's been impacting our personal lives, our health, and industries from travel to even tech. Everyone's been affected. There's been so much change, and HR, as, as their role, has been pushed to the forefront. They're taking on that bigger role, and they're leading their organizations through this disruption. And for HR, some, there's a lot of things that are going to be hard, even painful. And going forward, it's not going to get any easier without any flexibility or the ability to react to businesses and employee needs. So agility is really the ability to adapt to that change. And there's so much of it going on right now. Yes, absolutely. That's, well, that's one of the things that we had talked about. Again, I love a good definition. I love pulling from other data, research, things like that. And the, one of the definitions that I gave recently to encapsulate this and help people understand why this is a conversation we should be having is there's a business school in France, Neoma, and their definition of agility from an organizational perspective it is the business's ability to make timely, effective, and sustained changes but not just the changes. It's about resulting in performance advantages. And I love that they put that piece of it in there because it's not just about we've got to be able to change and respond and survive again, but actually thriving in the face of that. We're making the right changes so we can overcome that and make it to the next level, you know, get to the next thing, meet the next objective, serve the next customer, whatever, you know, metaphor we're going to throw in there. But it's not just about we're going to try to get through this and not perish, but we're going to get through this and that agility is not just going to enable that, but it's going to help us to get through to the other side with a, hopefully with a smile on our face, like saying, yes, we, we beat that, we accomplished that. Yeah, absolutely. And to piggyback on that, so when we talk about agility, there's a lot of things that we are going to overcome now that may become a part of our regular lives moving forward. Specific things. So right now, if you look at it, even without the pandemic, five generations are currently working in the workforce right now, recalibrating, evolving. And on top of that now, we're going to make these five generations part of a remote workforce. Uh, so many companies have already come out saying that we don't even know when people are going to come back to the office or who's going to come back to the office. And from a workforce perspective, companies are also making structural changes, right? They're going to new areas of business. They're becoming more resilient by trying things that are more proven, maybe not taking as many risks at the moment. And HR on, on top of that has to get keep all these people engaged and healthy and they need also need visibility into the workforce to know what's happening. So while that's great from a pandemic perspective and getting through that and building that resiliency, a lot of this is going to become part of our regular lives moving forward as well. Yes, absolutely. What? Goodness. 
I've always I've been pushing back lately. Everybody wants to use the term new normal. I'm like, I hope this is not the new normal because there's some things that I don't love about this. I'm really hoping that this gives us a chance, though, to reshape some of those things that have always been, whether it's in our personal lives or in the business world, like we're talking about here, in that context, like this has always been a pain point. No one's ever liked it, but it has remained that way for a long time because there was enough inertia that we just couldn't overcome it. And suddenly this gives us the chance, the opportunity to break some of those barriers down and to get past, well, that's how we've always done it. Like suddenly, no, the last six months, we have not done it that way because everything is different. And so let's hold on to that, that hunger, that opportunity, that desire for change and use that to, to lever past some of these things that we just, again, we put up with them for a long time and now we're ready to move on to, to bigger and better and more positive things. <laughs> so you talked earlier, right? It's going to be a surprise to no one to know that you are involved in the HR tech side of things. You mentioned that in your intro. It's, it's what you do. HR technology plays a part in this bigger conversation of agility from an organizational perspective, right? I, I, I believe firmly that it does. That was, so we didn't even mention this yet. Let's talk about this for a second, just to give the audience a little preview. So we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, did a webinar. That was the culmination of some research that we've been working on with the Oracle team for the last few months, looking at the hypothesis of organizational agility is connected to HR technology. The tools we use to support our people most likely have an impact on how agile the company is. That was our hypothesis. And we found some really amazing data points in that study that back that up. I'll throw a couple of those out as we're going through today to illustrate these points and things like that. But I want to hear from you in some practical terms, because big picture, like logically, that makes sense. But how are you seeing this practically play out from some customers, things like that you guys are working with to see that connection between the tech they're using to support their HR side and the agility as a business? Yeah, first and foremost, I, you know, I want to talk a little bit about our message to the HR community. What we're telling our customers is that we can help you make uh, work more human and do this three different ways or three different parts to it, I should say. First is really putting empathy at the forefront of the employee experience. Empathy for the new generation is super important right now. If you haven't read the employee letter from Airbnb CEO, you should. That's a masterclass in compassion. It's up to HR to kind of work with leadership and create this human experience. The second thing we also say is that it's also, we need to improve your ability to say yes to organizational needs and adapt to change. And then finally, we pride ourselves on being that strong partner you can rely on. And we try to give you that focus on innovation and bringing those cost-effective solutions. And with that, when, when we say that, right, when we say putting people first, that really means is that meeting their needs and being responsive. Uh, so just a little bit of background from our customer, uh, some of the surveys we've done outside. Our, re our research shows that 4% you know, of HR teams really believe that they deliver an exemplary employee experience um, to their employees. And we're helping our customers kind of scale faster and, you know, build tools and still keep data secure and pull all these things together. One great example is this one major hotel chain that we've been working with. They have a distributed workforce over over 180,000 employees spread across 400 properties worldwide. Now, from in this industry, most people don't have a desk or don't have an on-site HR representative. So we had to have a very strong mobile strategy for them. Uh, you know, they were looking at the employee experience. They wanted something that was simplified and powerful so they could give everyone that HR access that they needed. And this definitely seems like a tall order, but we, we worked hand in hand with the customer to, to deploy the Oracle Digital Assistant across a pilot group. Key functionality areas that we focused on were absence, payslip, directory lookup, 
uh, team and team member and manager self-service. And then we also worked on some of the performance stuff like anytime feedback and evaluations um, so that everything could, would be available to them via things via the digital assistant. The, re the result really was here that we had a customer who had 17,000 transactions completed in the first four months of deployment by just this pilot group. And they were able to complete these transactions on average in under a minute. Uh, so once they saw how well everything was working, they decided to ex expand it to all employees. So stuff like this, I think has been super important for customers to really take, make use of HR technology. I was going to say, I'm, when you said that a second ago with 100,000 employees, and this is a mobile strategy, I'm thinking, pick any one of those people, right? Employee number 6,822, that person has a need on, you know, this week, they've got to make this change. Whatever's happening in their world, their life, they got to make this employee self-service change. And they get to do that via their mobile using the digital assistant instead of having to call an HR help desk or instead of having to wait until they get home to get on a computer to have to do those things or trying to sift through some other kind of system. They just get to handle that, again, a digital assistant solving that problem, handling it for them, tailored, personalized, and responsive right in that moment when the person needs it. In the middle of everything going on in the world, that seems like the right combination right now to, to really show the empathy piece you talked about a minute ago. Absolutely, I agree. And it goes beyond just the ability to interface so that we enable things like uh, the interface through the digital assistant can you, you, you know, type via text, you can speak to it. You can use it off a laptop, you can use it off a tablet, you can use it off a phone. So it's really bringing HR and the digital assistant to wherever they are and using it the way they feel most comfortable in interacting with it. Um. One of the things I, I'd like to take a second and talk about, one of the fun things from our study, I don't want to take it too far from this conversation because I think it is a related piece of it, but one of the, I think I led off today talking about we need technologies that are as agile as the teams are. We often, the, the team and the, the people, their abilities, they can be responsive, but some of the tools we sometimes use don't do that. But one of the things that we found in that in the study that you and I had a really good time kind of debating, discussing a little bit a couple of weeks ago was the, we also not just surveyed HR leaders in this, we also surveyed IT leaders to see how they feel about the tools they're using, technologies. And we found a couple different areas to bring those two different groups together. Just as a kind of a, a case in point, we found that when, some, when a company is deciding to go after a piece of HR technology, go through the selection process, implement, integrate, roll out all those fun pieces that are involved in that process, HR leaders see IT's role as, hey, I'll call you if I need you. But IT leaders see their role. They say, hey, we want to be in the mix. We want to be in this discussion. We want to be helping out through the process. And they're getting stiff arm from HR in some of these cases because HR is like, hey, I'll call you if I need you, but I'm, I'm leading this. And that creates friction. That creates challenge. And I don't know if you have a comment, a thought there on how we can on the greater cost to that, the challenges of that, how HR can create better inroads with their IT counterparts to have better conversations. I don't know if you have anything to add there, but because you mentioned earlier, you have that background, I was hoping you might have a, have a, a nugget of advice or something else to share with us to help bring those two different groups together because they often have the same kind of end goal. They also, they want to serve the business, serve the people, but sometimes it feels like they might be at cross purposes. Yeah, absolutely. And so anytime you're bringing technology into the fold, IT is definitely going to have 
a role to play. But at the end of the day, I think when I've seen this across my you know life in the infrastructure and the data center side is that IT's number one focus almost always is to stay operationally efficient. And our real view here is that we try to keep the hands of IT in like governance, oversight, and making sure that everything runs smoothly and, and integrates well to the other parts of the business but really limiting their time spending where they are not tackling support tickets and firefighting and all those other things that they that really eats up their time. So I think it's this, bringing this nice mix of IT and HR um, to keep that role and making sure we understand what, where IT's role is gonna be when we roll out the HR technology. Excellent, I love that, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's one of the things that every time I have an opportunity to bring those two groups together we, we we work better together we're both we're both trying to serve people we're both trying to do it in our own respective ways but sometimes it, it's easy to feel like it's it's us versus them or they want control of my system or whatever else but like you said it's how can we bring them in so they have a lot of value they have a lot of insight they can help us to avoid making a misstep they can say hey do this first instead of that first and it'll save you three months in the back end like those kinds of things because it does a lot of projects in the technology side it's not new and different and foreign to them to be in this part of the conversation and you there are ways to do that without feeling like you're you're handing over control or losing a battle something like that so thank you for sharing that now back from our regularly <laughs> scheduled uh, scheduled conversation on the it side i wanted to like use that public service announcement Let's talk about this piece on the HR tech and agility. Let's come back to that a little bit because I want to highlight some of the outcomes there. So we talk about this, but one of the things that I'm very careful with is I do not enjoy research just for the sake of research. I enjoy research for the sake of highlighting actual practical outcomes, insights, ideas, things we can do, confirming our decisions or helping us to figure out new decisions, new paths, new ways to go. And so one of the things that we looked at in our study was around the outcomes that were connected to this conversation around HR technology and organizational agility. So do you want to shed some light on that? Again, I'll, I'll probably bring some comments in around that too, because I thought that was some, some interesting findings. But what were your thoughts on the outcomes piece that the right HR technology enables from an agility perspective? Yeah, so a couple of stat stats I always like to cite here. One Accenture study that we worked with found that agile firms are more than twice as likely as the average organization to achieve top quartile financial performance. And cloud, really in my mind, like coming from the infrastructure and the application side, really enhances that ability to be agile. Our customers are, in the past, have always said, oh, it was a nice to have. In the last year or so, that message has really changed to becoming customers saying that it's critical. Uh, in terms of becoming agile for them. And also another stat I like to um, cite is from, the, from an HBR article on agile teams. They found that uh, businesses who build resilience and agility into the way they work had better financial performance, 150% higher ROI, and 500% better return on equity. And companies that we've worked with have also seen real value with this, right? Standard life significantly reduced, streamlined the number of systems, they used and they realized over 7.7 .7 million pounds of savings over five years. So it's not just stuff that we've seen on just studies, but we've really seen it across our customers as well. Yeah, there was a, one of the stats, again, from our study, how about this one? We'll, we'll talk about this and I'll, I'll tell the other one that stuck with me and still is every time I hear agility is the thing that pops in my head. But one of the things, couple of different things that we found in our study we were asking about the kind of outcomes. What sort of things do you get back after you 
put a piece of technology in place that is that enables agility a couple of those things we looked at were productivity right we just get more work done because we're not spending it doing those things that pull us away from the core business we're trying to actually support things like better data accuracy if you have a system in place it's a unified system you get more accurate pictures of what the truth is you actually understand what's going on in the business uh, a, a joke that I, I throw around a couple of times because i've heard it from so many different ceos is if your ceo came to you and said how many people do we have in our business what's the head count and you can give them three different numbers because you have three different systems that's a problem that's an issue because that's a very small and pretty simple question of the headcount that doesn't ask you to figure out what your forecast is for next year or decide what you're going to spend on succession planning or trying to get into other areas of talent planning. That's, those are much more difficult and challenging to, to figure out. It's if you can't figure out those basic things, like how many people we have, you're, you need to solve that problem. But one of the other stats that I've, again, it's, it keeps coming to mind for me that the business school I mentioned earlier in France, Neoma, one of their, the studies they did this year on agility, they found that companies who are agile actually perform better, like you were saying, in terms of profitability, up to a certain point. So those companies that are increasing their agility over time, they continue to do better because, again, the, the, the definition we used, it's about adapting and responding to challenges and overcoming them in terms of results. But what they found is there's actually a limit to how agile you can be. So you can go so far that you outstrip people's ability to be able to respond to change. You outstrip their ability to be able to adapt to the changing conditions around them. And you can go faster than the people can. And there's some challenges and issues with that. Just a couple different things. I love the stories, the standard life one that you mentioned, a couple different stories there to illustrate the outcomes. This isn't just a, a buzzword. I'm hoping someone listening to this comes away with, this idea that organizational agility is more than just another this year's word we're using before we change it to next year's, whatever it is. It's about an actual outcome for the business. It's about delivering real value, not just for the organizational perspective, but also from the people perspective to the people we're trying to serve and support and take care of hitting those kind of goals, hitting those sort of uh, hitting those things. Anything else on that agility piece that's coming to mind for you, Manjal, before we move, move to the next question? Yeah, and so when we talk about organizational agility, I think I'd you know also like to focus on the larger picture for a minute as well. So I'm guessing most people who are probably listening to this are HR professionals, but I probably want to make a quick plug here to just say you got to think about the larger picture too. From Oracle's perspective, our cloud application suite also covers not just HR but finance, operations, supply chain, customer experience, analytics, and by bringing the entire business together to get not just get a single view on the HR side but getting a single view across the organization for everything. This is also what creates resilience. It allows a business to react quickly in times of change. So it's about moving resources around, retraining employees, and mitigating risk in your supply chain. All of these different components from the business perspective all really add to this whole agility and resilience theme. And that's the reason I think the whole platform is critical when we talk about it. Because I definitely love the context of HR, but I think it's really important that we talk about how when you, you know, linking things like headcount, budgeting, and how that spans across more than just HR, it's, uh, it's very important to build that larger picture. Yes, I'm totally with you on that one. That's, I had a conversation a few weeks ago with an organization. We're talking about, again, an HR use case. They were trying to figure out how to get, why they should spend time, spend money, spend effort, getting more clarity on the skills they have inside the business. 
And the way I framed it was the way you just did. I said, we can spend our time talking about why this helps with performance and recruiting and succession, right? Leadership development, all those kinds of things. We could talk about those, but there's a, there's, there's a chance that those things aren't the thing that your CEO cares about. But if you come into those conversations and you say, because we're doing, this is going to enable profitability. It's going to enable, enable customer satisfaction. It's going to enable productivity. Those things that start to rise to the top, those conversations that you have when you're the head of supply chain, the head of analytics, the head of any of those functions you mentioned earlier, those suddenly become conversations they want to be involved in. They want to have a conversation about, they want to dive into and understand. And that is, we need to be having those kind of discussions. It's especially if you're in HR, it's easy to get into the weeds of recruiting, hiring strategy, those kinds of things. But if you can tie that back to some of those areas that you and I have kicked around as actual outcomes for the business, that enables a whole new set of conversations and people are inviting you to participate. People want you and your input in those conversations because you understand one of the biggest assets the company has its hands on, which is the people. So I, I love that. I'm glad you brought that back to it because I wanted to make sure we touched on the big picture of this. And I thought it was a great way to, to hit that piece of it. So Minjal, if someone is listening to this, they are they like the stories you've had to share. They love to, to know more about what you and the team are up to. What's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So the number one way to see all the great stuff that we've been working on. So over the course of the last year plus now, we've been working on great new content, great new customer stories. And it's been a pleasure working with you on this as well. You can definitely check us out at oracle.com slash HCM. And you can learn more about our products, our solutions, our great customer stories, and really take a look at how we've been helping customers transform our business. And you can definitely learn more about how we're helping customers through these challenging times as well. Things like the employee care package that we've put together for customers so that customers are, are, can really, on the HR side, help bring their employees, confidently bring their employees back to work. Uh, so definitely take a look. A lot of great stuff there. Excellent. I was going to say one other thing. So I talked about a couple I mentioned a few stats and pieces. I, I alluded to it a couple of times today in the conversation. We just finished this really interesting piece of research. We talked to over 750 enterprise companies to understand what they're dealing with, what their perspectives are on their technology, on their agility as a business, whether they're ready for what's next or not, getting some insight there. And so that's that link is oracle.com slash go to slash lighthouse, but I will make sure that's in the show notes for you as well. In case that's too long for you to catch, it's oracle.com slash go to slash lighthouse, but we'll have that in the show notes. So you can check that out. Joel, this has been a fun conversation, sir. I feel like we could go for a while longer digging into some of these stories. I love hearing the examples that you had to share and I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to join us today. Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. It's been a pleasure being here. Wonderful. To everybody else, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Don't forget to check out the report. Check out some of the other links that we shared today in the conversation. They'll all be in the show notes. I'm Ben Eubanks, your host, and we will catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.